Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. We die to ourselves that Christ, the, the life of Christ may flow through us. And so for the believer, there are things that God would say, look, I, I don't want you to pacify the flesh. I want you to die to it. I, I always discourage people from trying to wean themselves off of things of the flesh. The God just wants us to crucify the flesh. When you think about when the Bible says, you know, crucify the flesh, that's violent. I mean, that's 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 taking up arms against something. It's a violent removal of a thing. You can't wean the flesh. You got to kill it. You got to crucify it. It's through death that we live. Seems backwards to intentionally deny ourselves and to die to our own fleshy desires. But that's exactly what we're called to do as followers of Christ. Pastor Bill will urge you in the message today to go all in for Jesus. Is there something in your life that needs to die off? As you put those old ways to death, God can bring you into the light and He will be glorified. Will you crucify those things that are holding you back from a relationship with the Lord today? Now here's Pastor Bill in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. In hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Anybody been cold and naked for God? That's, I read that, I'm just like, man, he was cold and then they, they took his clothes. And some people believe that may have been one of his stays in prison, you know, that way. He says, besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. If you was going through all this, would you still be thinking about the church? Paul said, look, I'm going through all of this and I'm my deep, this, all that's happening. And I just got this deep concern for how the churches are doing. That's how come every time he paused or was in prison, you see him writing letters of encouragement and sending people to, to go and, you know, curry the letters back and forth for, for him. And so I read what Paul went through and it's like, how did he have, how did he keep such a perspective? How come he was so upbeat? How come Paul didn't quit? How come Paul didn't say, that's it. You know, I got my own people turned against me. The, you know, he had people from the churches that didn't want him at times. Paul had, you know, how come Paul didn't say, God, I was faithful to you. I preached the gospel. You let me be in jail again. I quit. You let them stone me. You know, he never did that. Never did that. You know what he did? Because he had an eternal perspective. Paul said, there's a, there's a reward attached to this. That I'm looking forward to things that are, that are to come. Paul had a perspective that was divine. It was from the Lord. I believe it was a work of the Holy Spirit in his life. Do you have that perspective when you go through? Because I read Paul's list. I, you know, I've, I've been often told or I've, I've even told people, if you think you're going through it, go read that list. You know, if you feel like I'm having a rough week, I've been persecuted, I was treated bad, you go read that list. And it's like, maybe not that bad. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's not so bad, you know. Uh, it, it just brings it down a little bit, you know. But he went through all that, you guys, and he just, just kept rolling. Just trusted trusted God for the outcome. He, he had a victorious perspective. And I believe God wants us to have that sort of perspective. Again, I believe one of the reasons Paul had this is because he understood that this life wasn't it. Right. We live for something so much greater than what we have right here, right now. And so if I live this life as though this is it, I can be easy to get discouraged. If this is everything, then if something goes bad here, everything is messed up. But the believer, I realize that this is just temporary. I'm only living here right now. I'm going to heaven when this is done. And Paul had that perspective. You know, one of my favorite verses is Romans 8, 18. But Paul said for the he says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. He said, man, the things I'm going through right now don't compare to the glory that's coming. And he was living for eternity. 
which is what we want to be living for. Uh, it'll impact your perspective on earth when we live for eternity. Amen. Number seven, look at verses 10 through 12. He says, always carrying about in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. I wrote down for 10 through 12 that we have life because of Christ. Interesting here, he says we're carrying about in our body, in the body, the dying of, of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our body. And this is how it works for the believer. Um, it was through Christ's death that life came. He died a physical death, then he resurrected, came back in resurrection power that he lived. It's the same way for the believer. It's through death that we live. Um, we die to our we die to ourselves that Christ, the, the life of Christ may flow through us. And so for the believer, there are things that God would say, look, I, I don't want you to pacify the flesh. I want you to die to it. I, I always discourage people from trying to wean themselves off of things of the flesh. The God just wants us to crucify the flesh. When you think about when the Bible says, you know, crucify the flesh, that's violent. I mean, that's 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 taking up arms against them. It's a violent removal of a thing. You can't wean the flesh. You got to kill it. You got to crucify it. Anybody that's ever tried to wean themselves off of alcohol, right? Um, when I wasn't saved, I was I was addicted to alcohol, and I tried that. I would try to wean myself off. I would say, you know what? I can get a forty. I'm gonna get a tall can, and I'm just I was in my mind. I thought I'll just cut back. Uh, I, I smoke Newports, so I would I would limit myself. You know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna just, I'm gonna start cutting back and cutting back and cutting back. But you know, it never happened. It never worked. Because instead of if I cut back from a 40 and got a tall can after the tall can, I went ahead and got the 40 and a 22, you know, just to catch up. You know, so it never really worked. You can't really wean the flesh. You know, when I got victory over alcohol, the Lord let me. It was just stop it. Don't get no more. Throw it all away. Cigarettes too. throw them all away. It was it was it was radical and it was difficult, but it was effective. It just got cut off. Um, and there, there was a season, you know, right up front when you first do that, your flesh throws a fit. Your flesh like, give me what I want. You know, my, my flesh, I, I used to couldn't, I couldn't go to the liquor store and buy gum. And this may sound weird. Anybody that's been addicted before knows I would drive by a liquor store and my heart would be like, I could feel my heart would be like my, I was a physiological. My body was saying, go get one. I used to drive by and see the crooked eye. You know, that was my, my beer. And I would see the crooked eye for a sane eye and it would have a physiological, like my body would react. And but over time that that would die away. You know, as you crucify the flesh, when you when it dies, it's dead. And now for me, I don't I don't play with it. I don't touch it. But I realized that, man, God, you gave me victory. But it wasn't it never worked to wean myself off. It was something that God just needed to die to it. Crucify it. it, let it it's going to be violent. It's going to be difficult, but it will be effective. The way that we live, the way we get life, life comes through death. And there may be in your life, there may be things that God will say today, man, crucify that. Hang that thing on the cross today. Let it die today. Let it die. Let it die so that Christ can begin to, to live his life through you. Because many of the things that God will cause you to put to death, as they get put to death, you'll find that there are aspects of the life of Christ that, that begin to flow through. God will put this thing to death so he can live through you more fully over here. God will put some, some carnal relationship to death so he can bring you into something that's right for him. Some of us are, are using the best of our ability and service and time for things that God said. When that thing dies, 
you'll find out there's something that I wanted to do. I gave you those gifts. I gave you those abilities. And when you stop using it that way, you'll find that there was something I wanted to do with that. That was going to glorify me. That life will come many times through a death. Spiritual life comes through death, but also the life of Christ. If God says, I want to fill you and move through your life, then let whatever's in his way, let it die. Crucify it. Go ahead and put it to death. You don't have to wait for it to die an old death. You go ahead and stick it on the cross today. You crucify it. You put it to death. Amen. All right. Moving on. Uh, look at verses 13 through 14. Uh, this is number eight. 13 to 14 says, and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise up with Jesus, raise us up with Jesus and present us with you. In verse 13, he says, I believe and therefore I spoke. This is a quotation from Psalm 116, verse 10. And it's interesting here because the way the Holy Spirit moves in our lives is I believe and therefore I spoke. It, 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 my belief didn't just sit with me. I've heard people say that, you know, I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'm not knocking that, but I'm, I'll knock the way some people use it. Some people say, well, my, my relationship with God is just personal, just between me and God. Therefore, I don't talk about it. I don't share it. I don't I don't get into those kind of discussions, you know, talk about religion and politics. I don't I don't go there. You know, it's and I'm going to tell you right now that it can't be right. You can't have a personal all to myself relationship with the Lord. That's not what God wants. Are you married people? How would you feel if your spouse, your husband or your wife said my relationship with my, my husband is it's personal? And so I don't want to wear a ring. Everybody doesn't need to know. Everybody needs to be in my business about that I'm married. Um, people at work don't necessarily need to know that I'm married. It's personal. It's a personal relationship between me and them. And what if people knew you for, you know, you knew, all the people at work knew you? What if, how would you feel about finding out your spouse, all the people that know them at work, don't know they were married? Say you go to a vendor like, you're married? I didn't know you was married. How would you feel? Would you be like, what is that? What's that would that would, would it raise some questions would it raise some eyebrows there'd be some bad conversations on the way home you know it, it rightly so that would be inappropriate it'd be wrong from i've been married going on 20 years anybody that knows me ought to know somebody know me and don't know i'm married that would be bad that'd be that'd be that'd be some that'd be something that'd be shady i'd be worthy of every raised eyebrow that would be coming my way it would be a problem it'd be a problem the other way too you know so when it comes to the Lord, how the Lord feel when I saved you? You was going to hell. I died on the cross in public in front of everybody. They shamed me for you. I was humiliated for your freedom. You don't want to tell people you know me? How, how does that? That's right. May that not be for any of us. Amen. We can't be. He says, I believe. Therefore, I speak. I believe it. And I'm telling people I love the Lord. I'm thankful for who Jesus is. I'm glad for what he's done for my life. It's not a secret. I don't hold this back from the people that I know, the people. I don't hold it back because you disagree with it. You can disagree, but it is what it is, right? I'm sharing it because I believe, therefore I speak. That's one of the things the Holy Spirit would do in the life of the believer. You, you won't be able to hold that back. You'll see people's lives. There, there'll be times the Holy Spirit just compels you to jump in and say something. And you can I, can I just encourage us that when he does that, do it. Just jump into stuff. Jump into conversations you got no business in, in the name of God. I've done it. And it's exciting. It's fun. It, I mean, to me, it's, it's an exciting thing where it's like I'll be hearing somebody talk and you'll just catch something like, they didn't say about God. They said something about God. 
and I know God. So I'm listening. It, it, like you might as well be talking about my mama. Like I'm gonna make sure the things you're saying about my mama are correct, you know. And I've heard people talking about God, and I be at Starbucks, see people, and I, I'll go and hey, and I and I'm hey, they family. We hey, we brother, sister. You know, you see them with their Bible out, and then other times you hear people saying stuff, and it's not true. But that's not exactly true. That's not that's not exactly. Let me tell you, I got an answer. I was me and my wife went. What night was this? It was this week. We were on the way. Something. Forget now. We, I know we went and got fish. And we went and got fish. And she sent me in to go get it. And there was this little kid, um, maybe about seven, eight years old, little silly boys running around having fun. And he went and sat next to this lady and said, and out clear as day, he said, what does God look like? And I was like, well, that's a, that's a great question. He's like, I'm like, and she was like, I don't know. And she just, you know, that's not even his mother. I guess it found later that was his mama's friend. So he knew her. So I walked over. I was like, can, can I tell him? Can I talk to him? And I told him, I said, you know, we, God made us in his image. So we don't know exactly what he looks like, but we kind of, you know, we, we carry some of his attributes and his characteristics. And I started having this conversation. And the kid was like, are you like Paul? Do you go around telling him? I'm like, he got somebody giving him some word. <laughs> the boy was like, you know, do you go around telling people about God everywhere you go? And I'm like, where you know all this from, bro? Where you go to church at, man? You know, little dude was sharp, you know, and he was just carrying on a conversation. But this is the cool thing. I'm having a conversation with a seven, eight year old little kid in front of, you know, five, eight other people waiting for their fish. And, and, he, and the boy is sharp, you know, but we able to just we just talking about God. You know, I'm like, I, I want to miss that opportunity. I mean, you know, I asked for permission because it's not my kid, you know, but they, they said, go ahead. And then I got to talk to them about what church we, you know, we're at and or whatever and where they go. And I just think all the time God will give us opportunities. And if we're looking for it, don't be shamed. Don't be afraid to just jump in a conversation. You know, what could it what could it hurt? I've jumped in conversations that people didn't appreciate. You know, I tell you before, Clint and I interrupted a conversation at Starbucks. And I, I, I still get messages on on Facebook from this guy, Joshua. He was actually sitting with a, a guy that's a cult, a discipler from a cult. And we saw Bibles out. So I was like, hey, what you guys studying? And it was clear that the guys, oh, this is the Church of Christ, which is a cult. You know, not the denomination, but the it's another group. And the guy was, you know, putting on this guy. And so we, we just pulled up seats. We jumped all in that conversation. <laughs> and for anybody that knows Clint, Clint's sharp. And uh, Clint pulled out the knives and was like, <laughs> and uh, I, I kid you not, I kid you not, the guy that was there discipling after about 10 minutes, he was like, hey, I, I got to go. He left the disciple with, with us. And he picked up his stuff and he left. And so we sat down with him, clicking, breaking it down. We went back and forth talking to the guy, got his information. And the guy was he was out here in Inglewood for some construction job. He lives in Lancaster. And he wrote me later on Facebook. I, he said, hey, thank you guys so much for saving me from that cult. And he found a, he got a, he had found a good church back in Lancaster. I started going. I took my mom with me. And I look back and just think that that was just we just jumped in a conversation. We wasn't invited. They didn't say, hey, have a seat, guys. We was like, no, you're talking about God. Wrong. You know, we in here. You know, so may I encourage you, jump up in some conversations, you know, treat it like they talking about your mama or something you really care about, you know, and uh, let the Lord use you. Amen. We believe, therefore we speak. All right, moving on. Um, the second part of that was verse 14, where he said, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with him. Something we all look forward to, the rapture of the church. We look forward to a time of being caught up to be with the Lord, spoken about in First Thessalonians. And so that's the hope that we have as believers. Number nine, look at verse 15. He says, for all things 
are for your sakes, that grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Number nine, we give thanks. One of the one of the ways that the Holy Spirit will work in the hearts and the lives of believers as we walk in him is we'll be a people that give thanks. We have so much to be thankful for you guys. Uh, we should be the most thankful people on the planet that there's never a time where a believer can't give thanks. When you once you become a believer for the rest of your existence, you have something for which to give thanks. If everything goes wrong. You're still going to heaven when this is over. Your sins are still forgiven. Jesus is still Lord of your life. You're still loved by God, belong to God. That can't be stripped away. And so for the child of God, for the believer, we can give thanks always for everything and all times. Even when bad things happen, God, all things are working together for the good. Those that love you and are called according to your purpose. Even though it's bad right now, it's going to be good. Wait for it. We can give thanks. We should be a thankful people. It, it, it's, it's just, a, and like I said earlier, it's a terrible witness when you got a believer that's a complainer and they be complaining to all your non-believing friends. How you doing? This is terrible. This is a terrible week. I can't believe. And it's like, what's wrong with you? Give thanks. You know, just, you, you need to have devotions in the morning. You know, you, 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 I think as we spend time with God, spend time in his word, as we even doing the daily reading, I do the daily reading. I read through some of these tough sections. I mean, do you know, we're going we're in the you know, minor prophets. You're looking at some of these things. and I'm like, Lord, thank you. Thank you for a better situation. Thank you for a better outcome. Thank you. Thank you that we're not under this. Thank you. I, I, we, we go through the parts of the law. God, thank you. Thank you that I'm not. I, I wouldn't have made it. I would have been. I would have been with the people in the desert. I'd have been messed up. Lord, thank you. You know, we could just be thankful for what he's done for us, what he's doing for us. And if, again, if nothing else, I'm saved. I used to not be saved. How did I get saved? God pursued me. He met me. He opened my eyes. He did what I couldn't do for myself. God, thank you. Thank you that I'm going to heaven. Thank you that that's my, my guarantee. I'm going to be with you forever. Though I'm flawed and I'm weak and I'm frail, God, you, you make me what I can't be in myself. That we, we should be a thankful people. And so, again, what he said in verse 15, he says, all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. And one of the things that our thanks does, it, it glorifies God. God is glorified when we give thanks, when we worship him, we thank him. How many of you guys have ever had your kids find out your kids have, have been so thankful for some aspect of you and they've shared it with someone else? How does that meet you as a parent when you hear it and you find out your kids was telling somebody else just how much they how much a blessing your, their mother is, or how much a blessing their, their father is like to a parent. That's like that's 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 the stuff you bless your heart. You know, to hear that they talked about you like that. God, when we give thanks to the Lord, he's listening. I'm not saying fake it, but I'm saying let it let that flow out of your heart. Be thankful. And then share that. It blesses God's heart. We made this image, you guys. If it blesses you, it blesses him. It'll bless his heart to hear that we're, we're thankful. God, I'm thankful for what you are doing. Sometimes we get so focused on complaining about what God isn't doing yet that we haven't focused and thanked him for what he is doing when he's done so much and he's doing so much. So we should be a thankful people. We already looked at verse 16. It said, therefore, we do not lose heart. We, we kind of coupled that with verse 1. Um, he says, but therefore we do not lose heart, even though the outward man is perishing, the inward man is being renewed day by day. And our outward man, I speak of our physical body, they're perishing. They're getting older and they're breaking down. Some of you young people, not yet, but it's coming. You know, the outward man is perishing, but the inward man is being renewed day by day. And here's the cool thing for the believer. How old, it doesn't matter how old a person is, that, that if they're still living, thinking and breathing, God said you can still be being renewed day by day. For the believer, there's not an age at which you lose purpose. 
The longer you go in God, the, the, the greater sense of purpose, you know more, you've experienced more. Your purpose is expanded. There's more that you have to share. And so, you know, God says that, that the outward man is perishing. It's breaking down. We're getting older. It's going. But the inward man is being renewed day by day. Make sure that's the case. Make sure that as you're getting old, you're getting renewed. You know, something I don't want to become is, you know, being old doesn't equal being wise. You know, you could be. Hey, I know there's some old fools. There are some people that they just got older, but they just as foolish as they used to be, you know. But here goes the benefit in God. When you when you've been in God and walking with God and experiencing him and living for him as you get older, you get older in him that you got a lifetime of experiences in God. You got a lifetime of answer prayers and, and how God has moved and, and then things that God says, man, you, you might not be running anymore, but you got a lot to share with those that are here. You. And so outward man perishing day by day, but the inward man, I'm sorry, the outward man is perishing, but the inward man is being renewed day by day. We will continue to encourage people to be in your word every single day that, that, that the inward man is not renewed by by default. You don't just wake up and I'm renewed in the inward man. You got to feed him. You got to sow. You got to speak to the Lord in prayer. You got to be in the word for yourself. And, and the inward man is being renewed day by day. Last one, uh, number 10, verses 17 and 18. It says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And the last number 10 is that we, we focus on the eternal. Uh, one of the things that this, the Holy Spirit will give us is a, 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 the ability to focus on the eternal. We live in time and space. We experience things every single day, but we should have an eternal perspective. Um, it'll, it'll affect how we having an eternal perspective will affect how I take in today's information. Who can ever stop you from preaching the gospel? Nobody. Not if we have the mindset like Paul. Paul's like, we'll put you in jail if you preach it. Put me up. Uh, jail we go as I preach it. We'll kill you. To, to, to death we go as we preach it. You know, like he just wasn't going to not preach to God. How are you going to make somebody stop? You got to kill me. That should be the mindset of the believer. Like we shouldn't worry that that intensely about those things. This is not our home. Amen. We're passing through this place. The Bible says we're pilgrims passing through. Don't fall in love down here and don't hold it too tightly. You know, be faithful, but we're just passing through. This is an apartment, not a home. You know, don't start painting and hanging up fixtures. You're just passing through. Don't get too, don't fall in love, you know, because you won't be here that long. Amen. As we wrap this up, you guys, I look at all the things that, you know, was shared in the chapter. And many of these things are, are, are the, it's the working, the outworking of the, the Holy Spirit in our lives that, that we don't lose heart, that we're not those that quit easily, that we renounce evil and hidden things, that we're not blind to the, the work of the enemy, that we, that we preach Jesus, that we're not ashamed to speak out for the Lord. And many of the things we looked at, these are the, the work of the Holy Spirit working, working out of our lives. And so what I do want to pray for all of us, right? If you, as you listen to this, this list, this message, if you would say, this does not sound like my life. I do not renounce the hidden things of shame. You know, I got a double life. I am 007 for real. Then today would be a day for you to repent of that. Come out of darkness and come into the light. You say, man, I, I do want to be someone that shares more. And I, I, I struggle with that. We're going to ask God to baptize us in the power of his spirit. God, give us boldness. Give us everything we lack in and of ourselves. If you find that, man, I, I know I'm saved and I have the Holy Spirit, but God, I want you to have more of me. We want to pray that God would do that. And you can't really say, God, fill me. 
without meaning when you pray it, God, I'm going to yield in a greater way because that's how the work of the Holy Spirit works. God will fill you, lead you, guide you. And as you yield to him, that's how that's what it means to walk in the fullness of the spirit. God, I'm, I'm going to be more yielded to you today than I have been, that you might do a greater work in my life. God wants to do that in all of us. That's all we have time for today on The Transforming Word. Pastor Bill has been teaching through the book of 2 Corinthians. In this book, Paul details many different ways that he suffered for the sake of Christ. It can be painful to hear about these trials, but it's a reminder that following Jesus comes at a personal cost. What are some ways that you've chosen Jesus above other things? Do you think it's worth it? Paul knew it was well worth the pain and hardship that was brought on because he had a bigger picture in sight of eternity. Do you have the same outlook when you go through difficult trials? We hope you continue to learn more from this book written to the Corinthians. If you're interested in hearing additional teachings from Pastor Bill, you'll find them on our website, CalvaryEnglewood.org. We'd be happy to meet you too. Do you live in the Inglewood area? Then come join us for worship this weekend. You can get service times and location information at CalvaryEnglewood.org. You'll even find links to stream our services if you're unable to be with us in person. And you can catch up on previous messages online. That website again is CalvaryEnglewood.org. As we come to the end of our time with you today, we want you to know that we're grateful to have you as a part of our listening audience. Would you join us in praying for others who are tuning in and possibly hearing about Jesus for the very first time? Please pray that their hearts will be open to the truth that changes lives. Thanks for praying, and thanks for joining us on The Transforming Word.